welcome back to the Daughters of the Moon podcast. We're grateful that you can join us for another week. We certainly are. And today we have a very special guest, Braden Jones. Braden is a meditation teacher, breathwork facilitator, and spiritual guide who is passionate about helping us awaken to our true nature as the loving awareness we are. He has a balanced approach that includes the non-dual pointers arising from his direct experiences of samadhi. Oh, I probably got that wrong. (laughs) While honoring and attending the physical human experience and tender human heart. He loves supporting the integration of the highest wisdom into being fully human by helping his students gain the capacity and tools to feel their emotions fully, heal their trauma, and know who they are beyond their past stories. He's a certified breathwave conscious breathing facilitator and a graduate of the Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Certificate Certification Program <laughs> under Jack Hornfield and Tara Brock. In addition to his meditation, breathwork, somatic, and energetic practices, Braden has benefited greatly from the help of plant teachers and psychedelic medicines on his personal spiritual journey. He draws on many different teachings of awareness and love through his guidance, with a special place in his heart for the teaching of the Buddha and Jesus. He often focuses on forgiveness, compassion, and presence as gateways to freedom. Braden does not ask you to believe anything, but instead to question everything you believe and seek sincerely, inquiring with patience, persistence, and discernment to find what is true. Braden and his wife, Jacqueline, run a spiritual center in the small town of St. George, Ontario, called My Heart's Path, where they run classes, hold retreats, and offer private spiritual guidance. This is an amazing growing community of people who are interested in supporting one another, on the path towards greater peace, everyone is invited and welcome to come practice with us. So, Very welcome, nice. Braden. We're excited to have you on. We sure are. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit about kind of how you got to where you are and what you do, those kind of things? Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, do you want the long version, the medium <laughs> version, or, or the short version? <laughs> Whatever your soul inspires you to tell us. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I answer this question a little bit different every time I'm asked it, because we can uh, look back at our story from so many different perspectives. Um, but I'll see what comes through now. Um, I guess when I was a little kid, I was very curious and I was uh, questioning everything and always wanted to know uh, the truth about things. And um, my dad tells a funny story sometimes. He says, when I was little, I asked, uh, you know, the movie Peter Pan with Captain Hook. Yeah. I was watching that. I said, dad, uh, what was Captain Hook's name before he lost his hand? You know, like <laughs> like this, kind of, this kind of thing. And he's like, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I never thought of that. <laughs> so, um, and then, you know, as time went on, um, and you, you go from that, that stage of uh, believing that your parents have all the answers to everything. And then kind of going through that transition where you're like, oh, they're just human beings, just like me, like, the, <laughs> oh, wow. And it's like, oh, no. all the people who I thought were like running this, this whole thing, this world, it's like, they're just humans and they don't really know what's going on either. And like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the sort of, uh, yeah, the dissolution, I guess the, the transition from that childlike mentality to, uh, being more, um, I guess less, less naive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, 
And, uh, and through that, that kind of, I guess, freaked me out uh, a lot. And it was like, wow, like what, you know, what are we doing here? What's the meaning of life? What's my purpose? Who am I? Um, where do we come from? What happens when you die? All these, these questions, right? Yeah. Um, Good questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, and then experiencing unpleasantness um, that's a part of being human, like, uh, not knowing how to deal with my own emotions, um, and being conditioned to um, believe that it wasn't right for a man to feel or to cry or to show emotion. Um, and yeah, not knowing how to navigate this being human. And uh, that mixture of, yeah, confusion and questions and, and unpleasantness, the suffering of it um, eventually just propelled me um and onto the spiritual path um i looked down a lot of different avenues um for answers and i was raised in a in quite a religious family so there were um very like specific scripted answers for all the questions that i had but those answers were never satisfying for me yeah i was just like ah oh, that doesn't quite do it you know um Oh, so, <laughs> yeah yeah and uh and i i gained a lot there was a lot of value in um, a lot of the things i learned uh, with my religious upbringing um but it also left me with a lot of questions and uh so finally when i when i found meditation is when i felt like i kind of found something that was starting to work and there was something there and it was still confusing because uh, I had a lot of preconceived notions about what spirituality was and what meditation was um, a lot of misunderstandings um, but slowly things started to uh, to make sense and come clear and and I had a lot of um, sort of mentors friends guides that helped me along the way that that um, were answering the the tough questions that I was asking in a way that made me um, more curious about the spiritual path mm -hmm. yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. I think there's an I'll include a couple other uh, important parts um, which is experiencing uh, the deaths of loved ones and having that you know like the the deep sorrow that comes with that um, that that was a big part of uh, of propelling me on this journey as well did you have someone close to you that passed away that that hit you so hard or yes? Yeah, yeah. Well, when I was a kid, I used to race um, motorcycles. And uh, and there was a young boy uh, who was racing against me, um, who, who I didn't know well. He was just someone that was in the race with me. And, and he had a crash in the race and, and died. And as a young boy, that was like very traumatic for me. And I had... Um, I had like a survivor's guilt mm -hmm. and I, I couldn't understand like it seemed so unfair that this young boy beside me just dies in this race and I, I thought ah, that could have been me and there was yeah all sorts it brought up a lot um, so that was an experience that stands out and then uh, the death of my grandparents um, my my grandfather was a was a really big one I was there in the room with him as he passed away wow that was a really powerful experience yeah, that's, that's very impactful yeah yeah and it was kind of like uh touching in with the the great mystery of life you know like seeing seeing him take his last breath and 
thinking, where, where has he gone? You know, <laughs> what, what is this, you know? And, um, and, and then, then be curious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So even more so then. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, my brother and I, we used to uh, do a lot of extreme sports. We still do now. Um, but even more so years ago, and I used to do a lot of base jumping. So that's like when you run and jump off a cliff and you have a parachute on. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've ever seen wingsuiting where you wear those, uh, you know, those glider suits, you jump off a mountain and you fly. And so mm -hmm. we, we used to do that. It's called a wingsuit base jumping. That would be it's so cool. I, I have parachuted, yeah. so I understand sort of the, the feel and how much it's so cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's and uh, so yeah, an amazing experience and something that we we really loved. And we were on a trip um, in Switzerland, uh, and a friend of ours uh, died on the trip. He he, you know, fell off the, the cliff edge, and uh, that was it. And um, we knew what we were doing was dangerous. Um, and uh, you always just think it won't happen to you. And and uh, a dear friend of ours. Uh, his name's Joel Harris, and he was uh, sort of a mentor and uh, and uh, someone that that made a big impact in my life. And and he died. And that I think that one was kind of like the final straw that really um, I was like, I'm going to get to the bottom of all these questions now. <laughs> and that's what led you on your journey then. And yeah. then at some point you opened your center with your wife, which is really yeah. cool. You can That's do good. that as a, a thing together. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. what kind of things do you offer at the center? Yeah. So if we fast forward to the center, I guess after all those experiences, those are like the early things that that propelled it. And then there was uh, the time of, of just being in my own practice, being on the journey, doing my own retreats. Um, and yeah, my, my wife and I, uh, we met, oh man, I guess it's, uh, well, we... we I think we started dating in 2011. I think that's that's when we got together initially. And so both of us were sort of, um, yeah, on the spiritual path together and exploring these practices, meditation and, and breath work, um, and eventually uh, psychedelics and plant medicine ceremonies. And the, the things that we were uncovering um, through that process, the things we were experiencing, the insights were just so incredible and so life-changing. Um, the, the forgiveness that was coming through the emotions that were being released, uh, the, the sort of the understanding, the compassion that was coming through. And, um, so it, it felt very natural. Um, I was so excited about it all that we wanted to share that, you know, I wanted to share that with, um, friends and family and a lot of them weren't interested. Um, some were. Yeah, but I, I wanted them to be as excited as I was. Right. <laughs> and, um, uh, and so that was an interesting phase, too. Um, and uh, yeah, eventually Jacqueline and I um, took our our conscious connected breathing certification uh, through Breathwave, it's called. And uh, yeah, we got certified as conscious breathing facilitators. And we started doing workshops and things around at uh, different yoga studios. And we used to have classes in our basement and do one-on-one -on -one sessions with people. And uh, I felt like it, it was like, um, I found my calling. Like I found what I was looking yeah. for. And that's uh, a nice thing. 
Yeah, and so in 2019, we opened our center, um, My Heart's Path Spiritual Center, and started offering uh, meditation classes and uh, breath work and retreats in a uh, more official way. And so, uh, yeah, that's what we do now. We have this beautiful space in St. George, um, and uh, yeah, we really love it. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Beautiful. You said psychedelics, too. Did you say that? Okay. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate yeah. a little bit more on that? Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, psychedelics um, are, are somewhat of a uh, confusing or touchy subject. Um, and um, when I grew up with my religious upbringing, uh, psychedelics were referred, referred to as drugs. Right. Everything was just a drug, meaning it was just bad and you just, you just don't touch that. Um, and so I was completely straight edge basically my whole childhood and all high school. I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't um, touch cannabis, nothing. Um, and as I uh, delved deeper into myself on the spiritual journey, I started to realize that a lot of the things I'd been taught and a lot of the things I'd been believing weren't necessarily true. They were just sort of one way of looking at things. And so this story that all drugs are bad was one of those things I started to question, especially um, hearing and seeing other people who had um, shared about impactful experiences that they'd have, um, like with things like psilocybin mushrooms um, or, or cannabis, helping them with, with different things. Um, and I heard of these different um, spiritual healing retreats, like in Peru, uh, using ayahuasca, um, and, and other uh, psychedelic medicines, and that people were having these profound awakening experiences, feeling, um, you know, connected with God, and, um, you know, seeing, seeing themselves from a completely different perspective, and having that totally shift and transform their lives. And so another thing that I got curious about, it was like, wow, okay, is, is that true? Or is it true that these things are just like evil, bad drugs? And so the only way, way to really know something for certain is to try it yourself. And yeah. so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to explore this and, and see. And, um, and so, yeah, what, what both Jacqueline and I found, she had had some unpleasant experiences in high school. So she was very uh, <laughs> uh, nervous about when I, when I brought up the, that as an idea. Um, and Actually, I have that that similar conversation with a lot of people that say like, oh, I, you know, I had a bad experience in high school with cannabis or like, oh, I, I could never do that. You know, mm -hmm. um, and the, those experiences, yeah, they, they're very unpleasant when we're unconsciously using these medicines and in a uh, maybe like a, a recreational setting or at a party where you're you're young and you don't understand what it is. And um that is not uh, what I recommend at all. Um, and the way that we were using it was in a very conscious ceremonial way going, you know, traveling to um, these countries where they've been using these medicines for thousands of years, right? <laughs> yeah. And deeply integrated. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think yeah. the difference between doing recreational drugs and then doing some of these experiences in a safe space. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Huge difference. Um, yeah. The difference between 
um, yeah, the, the safety of it, the intention behind it, the understanding behind it. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it's all um, very important how it's approached uh, mm -hmm. as far as what sort of experience you might have and whether that's um, the most beautiful experience you've ever had or the, the most terrible experience you've ever had. And um, yeah, setting, setting the, preparing yourself, setting the container and in, in the best way sets us up for, for, you know, pleasant, beautiful, beneficial experiences. And even if the experience isn't pleasant, sometimes they aren't when you're using these sort of psychedelic medicines in a spiritual way. Sometimes it uncovers very unpleasant aspects of ourselves or of life. Um, but when it's uh, set up properly, then those become really important experiences that we learn a lot from rather than uh, how they're normally normally called just a bad trip, right? right? Right. More like a learning experience than to kind of go into your shadow self and and explore that area of it. Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. You hear so many people talking about uh taking uh cannabis sort of thing to help them if they're adhd and things like that and it calms them down and and that kind of things and the doctors now too are are giving them to patients um because of some of these illnesses and uh that they have mm -hmm. do you find that that is partial what your people are finding when they're with you as well yeah yeah um well initially i guess these um, you know, like things like cannabis and, and psilocybin mushrooms, they come from the earth. Right. 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 So these are naturally occurring substances that grow in nature and that uh, humans have been using for a long time. And um, somewhere along the line, we got a little bit confused with how to use them. And I think we got out of balance in that way. And then the, the governments went ahead and classified them as schedule one narcotics, meaning that they have no therapeutic use whatsoever, which is just untrue. And, and we're starting to realize, oh, that was actually a mistake to do that because yes, they can, they're very powerful and they can be misused and they can cause harm when they're used unconsciously. So they, they need to be used in the right way. But to say that they have no therapeutic benefit at all is just not true. And, and we're, there's actually a lot of beautiful studies being done right now. Um, MAPS is one of the associations that are responsible for uh, a bunch of clinical trials that are happening right now with psilocybin and with MDMA for people who have uh, PTSD and depression. And yeah, they're finding uh, like really incredible results that people are being healed mm -hmm. and that, that the success rates are really high. I think it's like 80%. Uh, wow. I, I don't know all the science offhand, yeah. but, but I don't either, but I watched a documentary a while back and it was about that. It was about the psilocybin um, mushrooms and it was about the MDMA and, and it was really interesting. These different studies where they put these people and it was again in a safe space where it was, like they were being monitored and these things were happening and it was amazing the things like you said like what it could help with yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's it's uh, very helpful for people with addictions as well um i would think so yeah there's a particular um plant medicine called iboga 
and um, it's it's really useful for curing uh, opioid addictions, uh, alcoholism, and so um, not only are these things you know not drugs like in the in the classic sense of how how we usually use that that word with a negative connotation, but they're they're in some ways like an anti-drug like they're actually instead of um, bringing us further away from ourselves and creating more disconnection and creating more trauma they're, they're doing the opposite they're bringing us closer to ourselves bringing more compassion and understanding shining a light on all of our unconscious uh, wounds helping us to feel and heal and it's yeah it's incredible so, yes, I can imagine. So then yeah. is because I don't know a lot about it. I, I mean, it's popping up more and more. And um, is, I is. follow this one. It's actually an indigenous group um, close to Bragg Creek, Alberta, and they do a psilocybin ceremony. And so then is it like a one and done kind of thing? Or is this something that you partake on more than one time, depending on what's going on in your life, what you want to achieve spiritually? Good question. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think it really depends on a lot of things. Um, in their clinical trials, I believe they were doing three ceremonies with psilocybin spaced out with therapy um, and other sort of uh, self-awareness practices um, and that's what they were having really good result with uh, results with was the three sessions and they were finding that I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm saying this correctly that they were finding that um, after those three sessions that uh, the healing was sticking and that that people didn't need to to return to you know to be like to continue to use the medicine over and over um, I I do know quite a few people who have had one experience that's been profoundly impactful for them, and then they haven't felt the need to have any more ceremonies after that. Yeah. Um, in my case, I've I've had a bit of different of a different experience. Um, I've had many experiences, and I continue to to have experiences from time to time. Um, and it feels like um, there's always more to learn about myself. And there's always ways that I can be more peaceful and more loving and show up for um, the people in my life um, with more um, to give, you know, with more presence. Yeah. And that I always learn something more in that way. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's many different ways that we can use the medicines and that um, it's important for each person to sort of check in with um, their why, why they're using it and what they're hoping to get out of it and to, to do it in a really, I guess, conscious way. Yeah, I think that I like that because it has been around for so long and especially in some of these South American play mm -hmm. countries. But it's so ritualistic. And I think that's the part that I like about it, right? It's not just a, here, we're going to do this and see where you go. There's that ritual to it, which I think I really, I'm, I in, do. I'm in favor of that. <laughs> well, yeah, some kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's, it's, uh, you know, done with intention and yeah. integrity and care and humility and all these qualities that are important for um, 
or having an ex and, and these experiences can be very destabilizing um, because it's, it's, you know, really deconstructing our reality, what we believe is true, our, the, the thoughts and beliefs that we hold so tightly about who we are and what life is. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's not normally something that you would want to do too often. It's, you need, you need time to integrate sure. that experience and, and hopefully um, for it to actually impact your life um, rather than just be a past experience and you go, wow, that was crazy. I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. yeah. But to, to actually, you know, and there's, there's more and more uh, integration coaches popping up, which are, you know, specially trained people to um, speak with you about your psychedelic experience, about your ceremony and help um, bring those insights into your life and to actually make physical changes in your life so that um, the ceremony is not in vain. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, you know. So when you do it, do you have a different, uh, like a set atmosphere that you have around it? Do you walk them through it? Like by talking to them while they're doing it, while they start taking it, like, how does it work for you that you do it in your sort of your, where your business, like do you start talking to them while they're doing it, walk them through it. So maybe they have the nicest of visit sort of thing. I don't know how else to say that. <laughs> uh, through it, like, so you're coaching them every minute they're, you're with them. Yeah. There's, there's so many different ways to approach this work and, um, the way that I like to approach it with my own personal practice is by first doing some journaling and getting really clear about what it is that I'm up to. Why do I want to do this? What am I hoping to get out of it? Okay. Um, and then really good facilitators, um, practitioners will have a screening so that there's a, a medical screening and there's um, health questionnaire so that we see you know, uh, is this right for me? And am, okay. am, I, am I in good health? Um, uh, it's psychedelic medicines are certainly not for everybody. And there are certain mental health conditions that don't mix well with psychedelics. So good practitioners will do a thorough screening for all of those sort of things. Yeah. And, and then there are really good tips for ways to prepare your body and mind to receive our particular medicine. <laughs> That's going to be one of my questions. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So depending on which medicine it is that you're taking uh, will depend on, you know, what sort of diet you need to follow um, and what sort of um, sort of lifestyle tips, usually resting and meditating, um, bringing awareness into your body through conscious breathing or yoga, um, taking care of yourself and getting yourself into a um, most healthy, stable and open trusting state possible. So that when you receive this medicine that can bring up a lot of different emotions or sensations um, that you feel like you have space to be with that, that you are, you know, um, and in a space where you can be with that. So yeah, there's, there's very thorough preparation that can be done uh, to, to approach these ceremonies in the, in the best way. And um, each different practitioner sort of has their own way of doing that. 
Beautiful. And so then when you partake in a ceremony, then what is, there's obviously some follow-up and I would imagine it's like similar to how you set up for it with the journaling and the the resting and the reflection and those kind of things, drinking water, probably, probably still trying to eat whole good foods, stay away from substances that probably aren't the best for us anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All of those things are, are great things to do after. So yeah, there's, there's um, usually the phases of an experience like this are the preparation, the initiation, which is the ceremony, the experience, and then the integration which is you know, everything that happens after. And um, the preparation and the integration are just as important as the initiation. And, and we need to uh, be really conscious about the way that we engage with each of those phases. And mm -hmm. so for the integration, yeah, it's really good to um, have your life set up in a way that you will have time and space in order to process and integrate whatever you experienced. And so if, you know, your life is really busy and um, you have a lot of responsibilities, um, it's nice to sort of pause as many of those as possible to create space to, um, because we don't know how we'll feel after an experience. You never, you never know what you'll experience. Sometimes you feel um, energized, renewed full of love and it seems like integration is easy and it's just like wow life is so amazing and so beautiful and I feel like I'm my cup is so full I have so much to give and then other times it can be the opposite it can be like wow I'm so tired and drained and maybe a lot of unconscious unresolved material was brought up to the surface maybe a lot of old hurt um, that hasn't been felt and that can be overwhelming and so um, so yeah having a, a good integration setup where you do things um, like eat, like eating well taking care of yourself taking rest um, having some free time for yourself and having a support system of trusted friends mentors teachers that you can speak with and feel mm -hmm. supported by and there's a whole bunch of practices that you can do that can help depending on what it is that you're experiencing. Beautiful. Wow, you sure um, <laughs> have described a lot to me. So, so I'm thinking that what you've done is describe to our, our listeners um, how they can be comfortable with it, feel like it's a safe thing to do, safe place to go. Um, and, you know, and it's going to open it up more so for you and, and for others to experience this, to find them what they, they're trying to do to make them better, right? And that's what we're supposed to be about is helping people find out where they can get what they need uh, to find them, uh, to make them come home to themselves sort of thing and be blissful with themselves. So, so what would you suggest then to people if they were looking to experience something like this? I know that it's, it's a touchy kind of subject as far as finding, you know, it's, I mean, I think the only reason I found the indigenous is because it was an indigenous group. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but what would you suggest to people if this is something that they would like to experience? What's the best way to go about it? Like good question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky question because like you said, um, it's, it's a bit of a touchy subject because most of these substances are still illegal. 
which is very sad. And um, the, there's a process being undergone right now, you know, like, like MAPS doing the clinical trials, going through all the right avenues um, to prove that these uh, medicines, when used properly, can be safe and effective. Um, and so hopefully that keeps going that way. But mm -hmm. for now, because a lot of them are illegal, we don't offer them. And it's hard to find, right? And, then, and so it's not something that I ever tell uh, that anybody should do. I just try to offer what my experience has been so that if you feel called that you can go about it in a safe way. And uh, we always tell people, you know, discuss with your, with your doctor and do your own research and all that, that sort of stuff. Yes. And then to, to answer the question, I guess, as best as I can is to find someone um, who's had the experience um, that you can ask a whole bunch of questions to. And there are sort of underground networks uh, of people doing this work around. Um, if you travel out of the country, um, you can find legal retreat centers that are offering this type of work that can be really excellent. And uh, it's always important to yeah ask a million questions and make sure that when you go to have this experience that you know who is serving you the medicine, you know what they're serving you, and that you feel safe and you feel like you're in a, a nice environment where you'll be able to surrender and let go to actually have your experience. Because if we're trying to um, retain a sense of control in the physical environment, then it's very hard to have a, a positive experience. Yeah. So we want to be in a space where we trust that we're taken care of and that we trust the, the sort of experience and knowledge of the people who are serving us so that we can really surrender, really let go. That's where the deep healing comes in. So yeah. it's, it's really important with this sort of like uh, renaissance of psychedelics that's happening that um, that we all go about it in the most conscious way possible. So, right. That's You're not that's stepping into it lightly, right. We're, we're doing yeah. the research. Cause I think for myself, if that was something I chose to do, I feel like, yeah, I'd want to know that whoever I was working with being in this, being in this ceremony yeah. or partaking of it is somebody that I feel like I could trust that I'm in a safe space, like you said. And, I know, I think, I know like in the more South America and some of those countries, this is just something that something they do. do and have done for years and years. Not, I assume that there's some legality to it there that they can do this or, mm -hmm. you know, it's yeah. different place anyway. <laughs> so I, and I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we do have these groups that are advocating for this to look at it and be able to present this to the government to say hey like there's some legit oh, stuff heads up this. heads up guys <laughs> yeah 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 for sure and there's there's really amazing uh, retreat centers in places like costa rica and peru um and um there are a few legal options in canada as well if you know where to look and okay. um there there are some um ayahuasca churches that have been um, granted exemptions to use ayahuasca as their sacrament for well, healing and for you know connecting with the divine. 
And mm. so the government is recognizing that there, there is a, a religious use for these, um, which is awesome because I think that religious freedom is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it goes beyond religion too, where people need these alternative medicines for therapeutic healing, for physical, mental, emotional, spiritual healing. And uh, so hopefully it keeps going in, in the direction that it is. And I hope so. It becomes more available for people to have safe experiences because what it does when it's illegal is everything just goes underground and it becomes um, sometimes more sketchy or difficult Absolutely. to find the right yeah. places and the right people and all that. So um, yeah, well, I certainly don't have the answers, um, but I know that, that uh, these medicines have have been absolutely, you know, life-changing for me and my wife. So, yeah. <laughs> Very intriguing to me because it, it just feels like it's, yeah, it just feels like it's a different option, right? And I agree with you because when it gets, anything that sh- gets shoved underground does become more sketchy and you're, don't know who. So I, I loved that you said that, right? Researching these people and making sure mm-hmm. that they are the ones and asking all the questions because, you know, yeah. any question you can have, right. Of what do I need to know? How am I going to feel? How's this going to affect me? What's, you know. Yeah. And, and a lot of the times I think that because these experiences are so um, out of the norm for our society, that people that are interested maybe don't even know what to ask. And so that can be, uh, there's actually some resources that I can leave with you guys. Yeah, so that'd be great. That'd be great. Be right. Where, right. Um, yeah, it takes you, it's like, oh yeah, what what should I even be considering? Right. You know, what should I even, I don't know what to ask someone because I don't know anything about it. I'm just interested. And so I, I have some resources that can uh, be helpful for that. Yeah, I would, lo- I would love that because we'll put them in our show notes. And then if people want to do the research and that's some, an avenue they want to they investigate, then they have those options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, well, it was very, very interesting. Like I didn't, I've, I've heard about it and it's kind of creeping up here and there. It and is. I've yeah, taken yeah. some master classes just like on the computer where people are talking about the different forms of the psychedelics. And I, cause I find it interesting Me and too. intriguing right. and especially when you see what some of the results can be from it to help people. So yeah. I, I thank you for sharing your experience well, with, with us because that's great. And can you tell everybody where to find you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it's been a pleasure. Um, I'm happy to share and I'm, I'm glad that you are doing what you're doing and that you guys mm-hmm. are in, interested in sharing this this sort of stuff. So okay. thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, um, you can find us on Instagram at My Heart's Path Spiritual Center and our website is myheartspath.com. Um, those are the two ble- best places to find us and um yeah, if you if you if there's anyone listening that um, feels interested in what we do, send us an email. Um, come check out our our conscious breathing or our meditation classes. We have hot cold therapy going oh, nice. on at our space. Yeah, we have a nice. wood burning sauna and um, and we have uh, different fun events going on as well, like ecstatic dances and oh nice uh, yeah different community uh, things taking place. So. 
Yeah, check us out. Oh, yeah. yeah, I will. Definitely. Well, yeah. thank you so much. It was such a pleasure talking to you and getting to know you a little bit. And yeah, you know, I'll and- begin to talk again <laughs> in the future too, you know, and uh, maybe get a little bit more involved with how you do it or maybe, <laughs> I don't know, walk us through it a bit or <laughs> whatever, something like that. It'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yes. Bye. Well, thank you. And Uh, We will see everybody next week. We sure will. Thank you, listeners. We're so grateful for your continued support and for tuning into another fantastic episode of the Daughters of the Moon podcast. We want to take a moment to express our gratitude to all of you who've been supporting us. Your enthusiasm, feedback, and engagement mean the world to us and keep us motivated to bring you more valuable content. We'd also like to extend a special thanks to all our wonderful guests who share their insight and experiences with us. Without you and your stories, our podcast wouldn't be the same. If you've enjoyed today's episode or any of our previous content, we'd like to ask you for a small favor. It means so much to us if you could take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. Your reviews help us reach more people and continue to produce high quality content. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button on all our social media platforms, too. We're active on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and we love connecting with our listeners there. Speaking of social media, if you want to stay updated with the latest news, behind-the-scenes content, and even get a chance to participate in pools or questions and answer sessions, be sure to follow us. You can find us by searching Daughters of the Moon podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And if you're interested in booking a reading or Reiki section session, <laughs> please check out our website at daughtersmoonpodca.wixsite.com slash my site. Nice. And if you have any ideas, suggestions, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us on social media or through our website. We're always excited to hear from you and your input helps us create content that resonates with our amazing audience. We can't wait to be back with more exciting content in the future. Until then, stay curious and don't forget to connect with us on social media. Thank you again for being such an amazing part of our podcast family. Have a magic magical week and we will catch you in the next episode.